Welcome to Wedding and Event Podcast. Frank podcast discussions for event professionals and those planning successful events. With wedding and special event consultant, Toby Dodge of Prepared.com. And Eric Zimmerman, pianist, DJ, and master of ceremonies of ElegantMusic.com. Hello, everyone. This episode is part of Planning a Wedding, Where to Start. The title is How to Talk with a Wedding Vendor, Part 3. So far in this topic, we have discussed some of the services needed in putting together a wedding. These include location, flowers, and music, as well as the importance of becoming comfortable talking with prospective vendors. In this episode, Toby addresses the subject of food and catering. Now, I love to cook, I love to eat, and I would consider that I'm passionate about food. However, Toby introduced aspects of catering I had not considered, such as the various ways food could be presented at an event, and the importance of the ratio of service staff to the number of guests, and how this contributes to the level of service guests experience. And now, please enjoy How to Talk with a Wedding Vendor, Part 3. I have to tell you, working with caterers, from my vantage point, it's really about understanding what a caterer, uh, what they really think about food and service. Mm -hmm. So much of, of catering is, is about creating a not only visual but emotional experience with food frankly uh-huh. i know that i've worked with some caterers over the years that are have been known as what they call drop off caterers they make good food but basically they're cooks mm-hmm. and they're not really catering they they um, have the food and they might even supply one or two people to help serve it. Mm-hmm. But the level of of um, communication and and creation of specialty items, that's not really what they do. And that's okay. There are plenty of people who appreciate, uh, a caterer who cooks the food mm-hmm. and it's good tasting and they, safe and they, they drop it off and they drop it off and you know they put it in aluminum pans and it, mm-hmm. somebody makes a, a table and they put their uh, heating element and people walk through a buffet and it's done. I that's mean right. that's, yeah. that's what it is. That's what it is. So in our past discussions about what questions to ask, Mm -hmm. uh, different services with the caterer, you really got to find out what they're really about, what they like to do and what are their specialties. Mm -hmm. And of course you got to taste the food. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you care a lot about the food, Uh I mean, some, Uh some families and couples and 
for whatever celebration, you know, if it's decent food and the price is right, that's good enough. Right. However, <laughs> uh, especially for a wedding or another life uh, cycle event, it really helps to sit down with the caterer. And of course you want to know, you know, if you know anybody who's ever used them or have talked to people mm -hmm. who have experienced that particular caterer. But I think the sites and other services probably are, are pretty unbiased because if you go only on Yelp or rely only on self-promotion kind of advertising, that can give you a little bit of knowledge about their style and what they will want to do. Mm -hmm. But as far as working with them, the best way, frankly, is if you're going with an off-site uh, location that does not have an in-house caterer is to find out who's on their preferred list because you're going to get a varied list depending on the expense of the property. Uh, if it's a mid-range property, you'll probably get a few uh, suggestions, low, medium, and high. So, as you're, far as so you're talking about... Um, You've got a location, and then they have their preferred list of caterers that I, I see. Yeah. Uh huh. Absolutely. And if they don't, well, then you can go on a site, whether it's prepared or a wedding wire or, or the knot. I mean, there's a lot of different places to find options. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be prejudiced. In saying that, I think prepared does a very good job to match people because they're asking questions about the level of quality and service and how much of a foodie they are uh -huh. in a roundabout way, uh -huh. not perhaps as direct, but in the preference uh, list they'll see how far food comes up and what's next to it and the spacing. So you want to figure out a little bit about yourself first before you ask questions. In other words, you have to determine how important food is to you, mm -hmm. not only in the taste, the variation, the variety, the presentation, and of course the cost. Yes. All of that makes a big difference. So if I were to make a list of the basic questions to ask a caterer, once you determine that they're in your price range and the type of food that they specialize in or like to create, mm -hmm. how experimental they are compared to yourself, because some families and couples really do like uh, unusual combinations. Uh, you also, if you have specific dietary restrictions, oh yeah, yeah. customs, you wanna make sure that the caterer has your guidelines mm -hmm. as 
a way that they work. Let's give it a, for instance, let's say someone has uh, problems with uh, eating wheat or if they have gluten problems, then you want to make sure you go to a caterer who can accommodate you. Mm-hmm. Because in the case, and I kind of include cakes with catering because of a lot of the same issues, uh, there are bakeries that are totally gluten-free, meaning their equipment, their tables, everything. Because some people are so sensitive mm-hmm. that it's not just a matter of wiping down the tables and everything and cooking with non-gluten flour. They are severely affected. Yeah. So you, if somebody does have Uh, an extreme allergy, they really do have to make sure that that kitchen is clear, totally clear of any of the, of the elements that might cause a problem. Mm -hmm. And then of course, um, if you have a culture or ethnicity, uh, requirements, if, if somebody is of the Jewish faith and they are very observant, then they're going to want to go to a kosher caterer, but it may be a very uh, strict interpretation, Mm. which means glot kosher. And so all the dietary laws are observed. Or someone may just want kosher style, which has to do using kosher meat, but it doesn't mean that it's going to be, the event's going to be overseen by a rabbi or a mashkia, it's called, who is there all day and watches the preparation and prepares really? the kitchen if wow. it is not a kosher site. Hmm. Um, they have a torch that they take and they go over all of the metal surfaces. So, you know, it's a orthodox preparation, wow. so to speak. So, and other cultures uh, require certain utensils and uh, construction of grills in a certain way Hmm. to enhance the way, the method that they cook Hmm. with. So it just depends, you know. So if you have any requirements or desires for specific types of culture or preparation, you want to get that out of the way, obviously, before you even sit down with a caterer. Mm-hmm. So, to frame it again, because <laughs> I know I've just mentioned a lot of things. You, you did, but that's okay. <laughs> you you want to make sure that you get recommendations, whether online or by first hand. Mm-hmm. And be able to investigate uh, their pricing, their style, their uh, the what their specialties are, and investigate if they have any particular requirements as far as religious or health wise. Mm-hmm. Now comes the fun part. Okay, so now you get to sit down with a caterer, and what the heck do you ask them? I have to tell you, 
you can have a great tasting and the food be absolutely terrific. However, if the caterer doesn't quite get the level of service you want, mm-hmm. you could be disappointed, even if the food you know tastes great. So again, you want to prepare ahead of time to be able to ask and also share what's important to you. Mm-hmm. You see, a caterer doesn't read minds. <laughs> they, they don't know what's in your head, even if they're very experienced. Mm-hmm. It's not until you open up a little bit as a couple or a family for a special event where you let them know maybe what you enjoy or, or what you're looking for. And then the dialogue can start, okay? So if you want to have 250 people and you want to have a buffet and you want the day or evening to be high energy and something always happening. I'm not too sure if a buffet is the thing you should go for. Mm-hmm. Because buffets take time to go through, even a station party. In other words, if you want to focus on dancing and the music is very important to you, and so is food, well, you might have to make some serious compromises here because with the buffet Mm -hmm. or station party, serving just takes time. Depending on how fast people move through that buffet or how long they stay at different stations, it, it could take a while to serve 250 people. Even if you had three buffets yeah, and they could be the same, just duplicated. It still takes a good 20 minutes, believe it or not. Just to feed everybody. Well, if you had the proper amount of buffets. Right. Because what I was about to say is if you have 250 people, Generally speaking, you should have three buffets. Mm -hmm. And so that 75 people can go to each buffet. And those 75 will not stand up at one time. Or else your line will be, you know, a block long. So it's maybe 25 or 30 people at a time. So it's going to take a good 20 to 25 minutes in a leisurely buffet. Okay. All right. With three buffets. For 250. Now that's wonderful if you have a lot of space, but think about it. That's extra tables, extra linen, extra utensils, extra serving people. Oh, geez. Unless it's all self-serve. And again, that isn't such a good idea either Mm -hmm. because you have no way of regulating how much people are taking. 
So you usually like to have a buffet manned. Even if it's not personally served, you want to have somebody overseeing it because you have to replenish. Mm-hmm. So you have to decide how many buffets, how long you want to give for this. And these are all the type of questions you have to work through because the caterer needs to find out what level of service you want. And if you want people to go through that buffet pretty pretty quickly, you can split a buffet, which means have a plated salad. And then as people finish the salad, they can go to the buffet. Mm -hmm. So it's a little, you know, you're not having to go around to tables and say, you know, you are now allowed to go to the buffet (laughs) or we'd like to, you know have you partake of the buffet well you know i just have to say that that i haven't thought of any of this that yeah. you know from my my vantage point as as a musician as a dj uh, i am i'm floored actually that <laughs> that it would i always just whenever i make up a sketch for a for an yeah. for a for an event an itinerary sketch for an event i'm allowing an hour for for dinner just just throwing it there as that's yeah. what it normally takes but Boy, and and I think maybe for for me and our listeners, what are what are some of the ways that food can be served? We talked about buffet and that, and then the, the sit down served plated. Um, yes. And and and, and I guess, gosh, I'm just now realizing that if if you have multiple courses, then that's all going to elongate the time, and it's it's going to. Take yes, time. generally speaking, you leave twenty minutes per course. Hmm. except for the main course. They usually give at least 20, sometimes 30 minutes, depending on the type of of food that you're offering. Hmm. So if someone has a salad, main course, and a light dessert, if you do not dance or have any speeches in between, you would have probably an hour and 10 minutes. Wow. It would, yeah. It's not mm-hmm. that you can't do it in an hour. It depends on how much, how many serving service people you have. Right. Because that will also make a difference in how fast the food gets out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of um, couples and families, when they're asked what kind of service, oh, we want good service. Okay. Well, If I were to tell you that average service at a banquet facility is 25 guests per server. Hmm. If you want good service, then it's usually around 20 people per server. Okay. If you want excellent service it's one per 15 and if you want superior service it's one to ten so it's important your words count they mean something so instead of using broad terms it's best to say 
I'm really picky. I want excellent service. Or you can say, we're easygoing. You know, we don't care about the fast pace. Mm -hmm. We want everyone to have, to be offered wine and, you know, along with the dinner. And then the caterer can ask you if, does that mean you want separate wine service? And then a couple would say, well, what's that? Mm -hmm. They've never experienced it. Well, what that means is a number of people in proportion to how many people you're having are assigned to only take care of the wine and champagne. Oh, wow. So they pour it, they check it, they take, if it's you're having a different wine per course, they remove the former glass that was used in the first or second course, and they bring a fresh glass. Mm-hmm. In other words, it pays to find out if you want a fine dining experience, then it's important to, if you don't know yourself what that means, but you want it, then it's important to ask the caterer, how does that translate into rentals and service people mm-hmm. and money? Oh, yeah. In other words, those are important things to find out. If you're having a picnic, well, obviously everything <laughs> is different, you know? If you're having what some people call a covered dish party, where everyone brings a dish and it's like a potluck, mm-hmm. but they call it a covered dish because that means that it may be hot or cold and you want to make sure, especially if you're not going to be eating the food immediately, that is protected. So they, it's a covered dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I mean, it's incredible what you can do and talk about food. <laughs> well, well, one of the things that I'm really fond of are, are, are performing for wine dinners. And just a real quick rundown is that there's usually a cocktail hour mm-hmm. and then dinner bells are rung. And then the guests move into the dining room. Now, when guests are moving into the dining room, there's usually a band playing. And uh, it's just some really easy dance music. And, you know, nine times out of ten, instead of going right to their chairs, they'll Mm -hmm. take a turn on the dance floor for maybe one or two songs. And then the being the band leader, I'm I'm always at the uh, I have my attention on the, the captain. Mm-hmm. And then the captain nods, mm-hmm. and then I make the announcement. I at this time, uh, please be seated, and your first course will be served. Mm-hmm. And then they sit down. They yeah, they eat for they eat and enjoy things for about fifteen twenty minutes. You're right. And then um, I'm looking at the captain once again, and he gives me another nod. And then I make the announcement. I said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the dance floor is now open while your next course is being prepared. You know, please enjoy the dance floor. And so they go out and they, they dance some more. And in the meantime, the servers have cleared 
that mm -hmm. previous course. They get the wine glasses ready for the next course of wine. Mm -hmm. And then again, I get another nod. Please be seated. Your next course is about to be served. They sit down and then m new wine is poured. The next course goes down and people really enjoy themselves. Mm -hmm. They, we mix food with dancing. We mix food with dancing with conversation. I think that's the three activities that are happening there all at once. And you keep alternating back and forth between food, dancing, and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to tell you, I have experienced, uh, not often, but occasionally, a couple who would decide, you know, they really don't want dancing in between their courses. Mm -hmm. I've had it where the family has had lovely hors d'oeuvres. They come in and like you said, they have music for like around 10 minutes or so as everyone's coming into the room and they'll, uh, some people don't like to dance until the bride and groom dance, mm -hmm. but many come in and just have a ball and dance. And then they go ahead and they ask everyone to be seated. The bride and groom have their first dance. Then they may welcome or there may be a toast by the father, uh, a welcome and the best man or maid of honor because they've already had 45 minutes to an hour of food. So nobody's starving. Mm -hmm, they've, mm -hmm. Everybody's had something to drink and everything. So they take about a half an hour between coming into the room and dancing a little and having the bride and groom and then the welcome and a speech or two is a good half hour. Sure. Sometimes it can go to 40 minutes. The salads or whatever the first course is comes out. Sometimes they'll, they'll clear the first course and then have toasts. That happens sometimes too. Mm -hmm. The main course, oftentimes I've had soup, salad, main course, and even a light dessert. Four courses. I've actually experienced that. Scares the living daylights out of me. <laughs> <laughs> now why? Because why? I'm saying to myself, oh my God. These people are going to be so full, they will never get up and dance. That's right. Well, okay. However, occasionally, it seems to work. I don't know why, <laughs> but they get all that food except, let's say, the wedding cake or a special dessert, and they're up and dancing, and then after a good half hour, 40 minutes, they'll break for... Uh, the cake and maybe the father-daughter dance. Uh, you know, it just depends. What you what you explained, I think, is lovely. That's a wine. And I think it's a wine dinner. That's yeah. the format. And and it really centers around the food and and the wine. It's a gracious way. It's not rushing anybody. It's allowing for conversation. Uh, especially when the band 
does not have too many vocals during that time to compete with the conversation. Once in a while, I've heard, uh, you know, some torch songs or, you know, something that is fairly mellow and it's not uh, disruptive. And then I've had other couples come to me and say, oh, Toby, we went to this wedding. It was a great band, great food. We were bored out of our minds because there was no dance music. It was all background music while we were having dinner for an hour. And they just wanted to get up and dance. Mm. They were not foodies. Mm. They appreciated the good food, mm-hmm. but they just wanted a, a dance party. Right. So when you have a dance party mentality, then you have to make changes. And I think the caterer needs to know that. Oh, yeah. Because the choice of food makes such a difference in that case. And the timing and the, 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 yes. the chicken, you know, the, the, the whole... Yes, yeah. I know. We've talked before um, about you, and <laughs> you can't uncook the chicken. I love that. You know? And no uh, respectful uh, floor manager is going to want their staff to go across the dance floor to get to a table while people are dancing. Right. <laughs> right. It's just not going to happen. So... I think uh, talking about food is just not talking about food. There is so much more to it. And that gets and that gets to where, you know, just briefly touching back on music, um, where you know music starts a celebration and and continues throughout the celebration, and all these things happen during that celebration. And there, you know, exactly. you you brought out that there's there's the timing of timing of the food and and the speeches and, and and then also just something that was very wise that you said was um, that each location kind of does it in their own way or they expect they're going to serve in a certain way they have their certain protocol mm-hmm. and and that's something to to talk about ahead of time mm-hmm. and um, yeah in fact that's that's a whole that's a whole subject right there because I, I feel that um, the responsibility of a, a wedding coordinator is to indeed lasso and rope in all of these wayward <laughs> vendors and services and everything and, and, and make it into, well, okay. Something else that you said is that, you know, like wedding planning is, is not linear, you know, mm-hmm. in that in that there's, you know, these ideas all come at, at one time and there's different um, importances. But there's the uh, there's the, is this aspect of on the day of and as it's going on, um, there is a, a linear uh, timeline that hopefully will will keep to and that it might it might float. I always tell a, a client it might float 10 minutes in any direction. If we need to catch it up, we can. Exactly. I think what would be interesting is to talk about the responsibilities of a wedding coordinator in coordinating these factors. Mm-hmm. And 
and frankly, I have um, worked with some people that um, that was the furthest thing from their mind to do. <laughs> uh, oh, we will have some good stories. That's right. <laughs> on okay. That one. <laughs> so, so, For so sure. I, I think that you know, as, as a musician and as as someone who is in charge of the entertainment and the flow of the evening, is that things should be. Uh, not rigid, but certainly timed and predicted that we're going to do this now. I know. And that's, you know, very hard for some couples. And we might want to end on this note. Some couples really want a free-flowing event. And if they were in their own home and they were not paying for staff to be there, that's one thing. However, even if you want it to appear that it's free-flowing, you and I know you got to have a framework because people may decide to leave at any given time. Uh And so you want to make sure that the most important people are recognized when everyone's there. That if you are having some significant cultural or um, celebration elements, that most everyone's there. So you can't expect everyone to stay. However, if you say, well, we'll just have toast when we feel like it, Mm. you're, you're setting yourself up seriously for failure Uh because what happens if you aren't paying attention to how your maid of honor is drinking Uh (laughs) and suddenly at toward the close of dinner you realize that she's having a hard time walking what do you do then so Sometimes you invite, which actually has happened. Oh, that's a story too. That's another story. Yes. So the point is, is if something is important to you, then try and make it in the early part when everyone is at their best Mm -hmm. and everyone is present. It may sound rigid or uh, uniform, but if you don't care if that person speaks or not, that's another story. That's another story, yeah. But if you do, then it's best to do in it with some precision. Yeah, amazing things happen at an event, uh, mm-hmm. and that I think all of those are created, and they're they're at mm-hmm. least the atmosphere or the timing is placed in such a way so that amaz- that 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 amazing thing can happen. And then whether it does or not is, is another thing. But and, and usually those are in the for me, those are in the form of toasts. They're in the yeah. form of um, a dedication or, you know, some kind of realization that someone has as they're speaking. And, mm-hmm. and the tears come and the, and the, yeah. the, the genuine communication comes out. Um, or sometimes, as you know, it can happen on the dance floor that something will erupt and the certain, you know, a grandmother will get on the on the dance floor. Oh, who, the house comes down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> or you know, a father and daughter do a dance that nobody anticipated, and I don't mean just for 
YouTube purposes, right. but genuinely, it really does happen. Right. And it, you just, oh my God, it makes it so memorable. You have been listening to Wedding and Event Podcast with Toby Dodge and Eric Zimmerman. If you have a question, comment, or topic suggestion, please call Eric at 626-797-1795 or contact Eric by email, eric at elegantmusic.com. That's E-R-I-C at elegantmusic.com. Contact Toby by email, toby at prepared.com. That's T-O-B-E-Y at P-R-E-P-A-I-R-E-D dot com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and receive a new episode each week. Thank you for listening.